0: Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Coach Me Plus. Coach Me Plus is the leader in athlete management software and a product that we've been lucky enough to implement here for over two years now. The product in and of itself is exactly what you need it to be, guys, with options ranging from being a workout provider, as in sending the workout directly to the student-athletes' phones, to being a place where you can communicate with them and bring together multiple streams of data to be its own dashboard for you, your coaching staff, or the athletes, or you can use what we've added to our our menu of Coach Me Plus activities, and that's the hydration station, where all of this information that is provided is based off of research from the Corey Stringer Institute, where we're looking at weighing in versus weighing out and then providing optimal hydration uh, strategies for the student athletes by them selecting through the menu and tapping on what they'll take home with them and what they're consuming prior to the next practice um, when all the numbers at the top are lined up green. It's something we've had really good success with and the kids have really bought in on. Just another great example of the awesome product that you can find at coachmeplus.com. Guys, uh, hop over to coachmeplus.com today and check it out. It's a product I guarantee you won't be disappointed with. Hey, everybody. If you enjoy the podcast and the content it provides, be sure to hop over and check out the community. The community is an exclusive member's website that is just an extension of what we do here in July at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar. What it is is a combination of video lectures, a coach's corner with your Monday morning take-home information, and a forum where you can talk about anything and everything related to the field of strength and conditioning. In the community, you'll find content added each month from some of the top practitioners in the world ranging from PhDs to high-level coaches, bringing you exactly what they're doing with their athletes or their research at the present moment. On top of that, an additional discussion by coaches, bringing you that Monday morning information, things that you can add to your training program right away, tying that in with the opportunity to discuss with coaches around the world in the forum on anything and everything, from the topics addressed in these presentations to whatever you're seeing in your daily life as a coach. If this sounds like the right thing for you and your staff, Go ahead and hop over to CVASPS.com community and try it out for 48 hours for just a dollar. If you like it, you're signed up, ready to roll, and you're jumping into all the great content added each month. If not, feel free to go ahead and cancel at any time. No questions asked. We're really excited about what we're building in the community and hope you are too. Go ahead and hop over to CVASPS.com community and check it out today. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, we have an awesome discussion with Miladin Jovanovic talking about culture and its impact in sports. Guys, Miladin has been all over the world, from Europe to the Middle East, and then to Australia and the States, and and back over to Europe. And and he shares with us his voyage and how culture impacts the training and sport culture of each area. Uh, He then gets into, you know, how different sports prepare since he's worked with a vast array of different athletes and his take on training and sports sciences around the world, how they're developing, how they're improving and and where different regions may be ahead of others in certain aspects. We then get into monitoring and and how it can be used to to be smarter and and also how it can get in the way at times. Uh, He shares some flaws he sees with injury prediction and then he gets into what he's doing now and, and the research he's doing with his PhD. This is a really awesome talk, guys. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Ladan, well, thank you so much for being on with us today, man.
1: Thanks a lot. We've been planning for this for like a few months. We've oh, yeah. Been just postponing it.
0: Yeah. It's been uh, it's it's been a lot of tennis, man. Back and forth, your court, my court. But I'm I'm stoked to finally get this get this recorded and get it rocking and rolling, man. So, listen, you have had, you've literally gone from different corners of the world uh, to coach and to work with athletes. And what I think would be a neat thing to talk about is, is your different stops and, and the pros and the cons and the things that made you a better coach and, and what things you've brought back with you to Serbia um, and, and, and roll from there. Uh,
1: yeah, that that's an interesting question. Um but be, before I even start, um, um, I have a book to recommend. Uh, it's called a Culture Map. So I wish I read that book before starting this journey, uh, because it, it gives you this um, usable knowledge how the cultures differ around the world. Not only sporting cultures, but you know just culture in general, like how people um, you know deal with relationships, with, with with critique, with feedback, and and stuff like that. And I wish I wish I had read that book uh, before uh, some some things will be much much easier or much be more understandable I couldn't I wouldn't be banging my head against the wall you know so uh, yeah I've been uh, for those who are you know listening to me for the first time uh, I've been in, in you know strength coaching in Serbia mostly soccer um, then I've, I've been Uh, interning at Mike Ball at Boston in 2010. Uh, Then I was in Sweden for two years in soccer as well. Um, Then 2014-15 I was in Qatar with the Aspire Academy as a football physiologist, football as soccer. And 2015-16 I was in um, um, Port Adelaide with the Port Adelaide Football Club. So it's Aussie rules football. And it's it was a you know, a great journey i'm 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 looking forward to uh, to continue it so um yeah there's a there's a big difference between sports and, and cultures um for example um you know working with soccer athletes in in serbia is quite difficult because first of all um you know salaries are the issue so the money is issue you know you don't have facilities um the culture level when it comes to strength conditioning, it's pretty low. It's getting better, but it's it used to be really really bad. So you know, get, getting them to lift lift heavy, you know, it's quite hard because you don't have equipment. So we usually tend to use a uh, commercial gyms. So when I started 2007, we use a commercial gym, and that was a you know major uh, pain in the ass pretty much. Uh, but we managed to equip really really small room inside the stadium, and we use that. For, for you know lifting um, if I showed you this room it would be you know I wouldn't say embarrassing it's nothing you know embarrassing in, in, in that it just it would be really eye-opening how small that room is so uh, but we managed to lift uh, and we managed to you know do something but uh, for example when I moved to Sweden uh, the, the contrast that hits me is this is the level of the athletes when it comes to education in general so they are much more educated uh, and they are more and they much more embrace the you know strength conditioning so most of the athletes over there w- when i was in Humberby, they were already familiar with you know strength lifting you know squatting cleaning snatching you know bench pressing and stuff so it was quite easy to 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 work with them so that that was a, a major uh difference i would say and then of course one of the You know major difference is the climate. So we tend to We we actually use the threshold of minus 10 degrees Celsius to stop the training So if if it's you know minus 5 and that's below freezing we still play So minus 10 was it's too cold. We are not you're not training outside. So uh, we we used to go to um, indoor pitch which demanded a little bit of travel across the city uh, and then we combine it with the outside pitch that that has a little bit of heating underneath the the turf, so at least you're you're a little bit you know warm on the on the foot, but on the feet sorry. So uh, yeah, that, you know, and dealing with with that climate is is was a quite difficult. Uh, the season you know the season there soccer season was from one chunk. So you have a pre-season that, that's quite long and then a long in-season. Where in Serbia, we have we have um, around six weeks pre-season, three months in-season, short break, and then we repeat that. So we have like um, two parts. Uh, and it was the same in Australia. So in Australia, they have, uh, when it comes to Aussie rules, I think they start somewhere in October till, if I remember correctly, March or April. So it's a quite long uh, mm-hmm. pre-season. And then in-season goes from March till uh, October again. So it, it's one big one big in-season. So in terms of culture, I would say, you know, Aussie rules is by far the best. Um, the level of uh, sports science, the level of, um, you know, the... the I would say the level of the athletes is outstanding. I was, you know, quite amazed. So that's an amazing place. So it could be Port Adelaide, but it could be also IFL. But, you know, the implementation of and trust in a sports science is, you know, top in the world. Um, when it comes to strength training, same thing. So uh, what amazed me, from you know, coming from soccer is that, uh, you know, a number of uh, football practices, or in this case, uh, footy practices we had like three practices a week and you know coming from soccer uh we tend to have you know seven or even more practices a week and uh, a friend of mine and you're working in basketball they have two practices a day for Mm -hmm. like two hours each so when it comes to that the 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 sports differ a, a lot so i would say when it comes to team sports volleyball is the worst so they have like Two practices a day that can last for like two or three hours each and then it's the basketball So basketball is around two practices a day and then soccer is probably one practice a day, which is uh, It's really good to work in in soccer w- What did I say last soccer or basketball?
0: So that's yeah, before soccer. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah soccer has one practice a day uh, Soccer practice and then you can do some extra extra stuff. So um uh, yeah, there's a big difference between cultures, uh, you know, uh, country-wise, and then also uh, sport-wise. So uh, it's a it's a good learning experience to to understand that you know, uh, if you're working in a same sport um, in different cu- countries, it could be completely different culture. So you know, Sweden that that's cold pretty much whole year. You know, you're gonna you're gonna have different soccer culture than you know working, in, say, Spain, where it's 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 warm pretty much all all year round. Uh, you know the warm up needs to be different. Uh, you know stuff like that. So I guess I guess I don't know if that answers your question, but just just hit me if you if you need something more.
0: No, specific. totally, man, and I and I love the fact that you're sitting there breaking down practices and and what that was like. Um, The part of that that fascinates me, to be totally honest, is like a lot of people listening to this in the States aren't going to understand footy, Um, but it's crazy. Like the game's wild and it's huge and these cats are going forever and they're covering so much distance. So I guess my question is when you looked at that and what you guys were doing down in port, how did those three practices did that open up the door for you guys to do more of the physical prep stuff or was the three practices necessary because the game's so physical and it's so much work that these guys need that time just to to get you know get back from from competition
1: I I think it's it's the physicality of the game that uh, demands lower number of uh, of practices per week so you, you you're probably right in that regard uh but we still had uh they tend to switch from season to season so when i was there they stopped they had a little bit of wrestling practices which which i wanted to have more you know contact practices or you know wrestling and throwing and things like that without too much you know banging with the full velocity uh, so it, it's the physicality of the game similar to rugby that doesn't allow you higher frequency of practices. But, you know, similar to rugby, you can still do, um, you know, tag stuff uh, or flag football, as you like to call it in the States, right? So using flags rather than, you know, contact. So, uh, and we still had a lot of, you know, other assistant stuff. So we had uh, a lot of extra running. We had uh, a lot of lifting. Uh, we had a lot of uh, individual skill work. Uh, they called, They used to call craft. So they had uh, a lot of, each athlete needs to have a lot of, say, a ground balls, maybe 100 ground balls, two times a week. Uh, things, a lot of kicking practice as well. So there's a, you know, a lot of footy, but there's not, not a lot of uh, um, tactical team sessions.
0: Interesting. I like that though, because I get those those technical practices as long as they're kept on, you know, focus. Can be recuperative in nature as well because you're allowed just to kind of zone in on one thing. It shouldn't take that long. You get your one thing in and then you, you get out.
1: Well, I, from my limited experience to, to footy, I'm, I'm mm. probably, I'm by far not an expert in that. So the first time I actually saw a game was, you know, when I spoke to Berger for the first time. I, I was aware, of, you know, of the IFL. Yeah. Uh, and I saw maybe a few clips of the games, but and I read a few articles about it and most of the Interesting sports science stuff comes from I felt mm-hmm. so I was aware of the of the sport But by far I don't have much experience with it. But from my limited experience um, I See that the sport is going through a transition. So the first I would say the first phase of that sport was really, you know rough sport was a not not a gentleman game. So it was like a it, Everybody, you know, the goal of the game is to punch someone in the face pretty much. So they had a lot of fighting It was really really physical but mm-hmm. physical in terms of, you know Punching someone in the head pretty much a lot of you know jumping on on, on head and a lot of bumping and stuff like that So it was really physical and then the face two, pretty much is the running game. So it, it became a running game so all this stuff um, You know the fans and the athletes and the coaches started becoming fascinated with you know GPS and how much you run so they they look at those numbers and, and judge the performance in in terms of how much you're running but uh, Similar to soccer I think soccer passed through that phase and, and soccer is now becoming a very intelligent game uh, And I think Furi, Australian Football League is is going to that progression as well. So the next step will be saying, okay, it doesn't really matter how much you run as long as you are, you know, smart in the game. So I think the next step, and I think they're starting to realize that. So the next phase will be, okay, you know, it's important to run in a game, it's important to be physical, but, you know, you need to be tactically smart. So interaction between the athletes needs to be, you know, top-notch. So I think that the paradigm will shift. So coaching will become more, and it's actually becoming quite already. Uh, it, it's it's going to become less physical focused and more tactically focused. So similar, that's happening in in soccer. So I think that's a next step. And again, I'm I'm a complete uh, lay person when it comes to you know footy history and 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 footy. But from my limited ex, you know exposure to the sport, that's that's what I see as a. As a sound being involved in multiple sports, so and th- that's why I think the number of sessions, uh, group sessions and team sessions, is going to increase, but the, you know physicality might might decrease in those sessions.
0: So let's 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 piggyback on that. I think that's pretty cool because I think that a lot of people, I mean, st- you know, GPS is still a pretty sexy thing, and a lot of people still like to look at all that data and those numbers and whatever they may be pulling from it. But when you're talking about smarter and the technical-tactical aspect of it, are you referring to those monitoring aspects as well? And if so, how do those fit in with the, quote, smarter technical-tactical aspect in your mind? So one of
1: the analysis I did, and I remember doing it because, uh, because Berjo wanted to show that to the coach. So uh, the coach has this um, idea, idea that the more you run, the higher the probability of, of winning the quarter. So We use we use the running data for for quota, um average per individual um, And you know if, if the quarter was won or lost or draw so pretty much if it's draw that's lost So again, you have a classification problem and then we try to try to predict if If the running performance inside the quota can predict the quarter outcome and it couldn't so it means that you know if you're running more or less doesn't mean you're going to win or lose the quarter. So we use that to, you know, as a kind of fact to get some leverage when, when, when we spoke to, uh, to coaches because, you know, coaches say like, if you're winning, it's tactics. If they're losing, it's, it's you because they're not running enough. Yeah. So we use that as a leverage point to showcase that it's, it's actually not the case. So, um, um, what, what we use GPS, and that's quite interesting. Um, uh, you want to use GPS to protect from the downside more than reap the benefits of the upside. So le- let me just clarify that. So uh, we just want to make sure that athletes are hitting certain distances in a week, and there's not much oscillations. So uh, if there's a lot of oscillations, uh, then you might have a, a a problem with the downside. In this case, injury. So if if you're increasing too too much too soon or or you have a big drop in a week uh, Then the next week will be again increased and then you might be at a certain risk of you know training load uh, problem, so we use GPS actually live and uh, Each athlete needs to hit certain distance both, you know total distance and high speed distance That's individualized based on his you know historical stuff so if, if he hits that, those distances in, inside the, the practice, you know, all fine. But if, if he doesn't hit those distances, then he needs to do extra running. So extra running is, is not a punishment. It, it is not, you know, conditioning. It, it is a form of conditioning, but it's mostly to accumulate certain distance just to make sure that the variation from week to week is not big. So anyway, I'm, I'm off Hoping to get to Gmaware units. So uh, the research is going to be on Pretty much on reliability of load velocity profiles uh, To check if 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 they are I would say reliable enough to be used in practice. So we're going to compare two push devices and two gymover devices devices uh, On repeated measures so one and we want to check how much they did differ so from day to day between the units and uh, say in this case we're going to attach two push devices on the left and, and right forearm and two gym over devices on left and right side of the on the of the barbell And we want to check you know how much they differ so we want to estimate uh, measurement error uh, and then uh, we want to estimate you know how how much the de- the brands of devices differ and then also, uh, when you repeat the measures, you know, day one and day two, we wanna we wanna check the typical error, how much mm-hmm. certain velocity-based estimates, you know, vary from day to day, and we wanna check if that variation or that typical error is is bigger than that something that could be practically useful. So I'm hoping to publish two or three papers from that, and I'm gonna use that for a for a PhD. So and. This is this has already been done in, in, in Spain something similar uh, It's not exactly same protocol because we're going to use two devices and and uh, two devices of each brand uh, But say Sp- spanish researchers they keep sticking to uh, Putting all the athletes inside the same bucket and then trying to estimate uh, You know percent of one RM from velocity uh, but our approach will be more individualized, so we're going to create a uh, individualized uh, load velocity profile and then use that for for the analysis, rather than you know pulling everyone everyone in. And there's going to be a lot of um, it, it, it's it, it's really fruitful data, it's really rich data because it, it allows a lot of hypotheses to be tested. So I just I finished initial draft of the proposal, so. Hopefully, we're going to start measuring in January or maybe February. Um, So, wish me luck.
0: Yeah, man. That sounds awesome. And I think that the the things that are really cool with it to me are, you know, obviously, the validation is important. um, Because I think too many people hold too much clout in too many things because they're new or it's trendy or it's sexy or whatever it is. Um, and the reliability obviously is important day to day, but then looking at it on that next day, and, and what that could lead to, because I think a lot of people like to use those tools. It's kind of an offshoot of a readiness monitor, but I don't know if people really know if they're doing it right or not. Uh, so I think that's that's rad, man. I think that's really important. I think that because because people are tinkering with it, but I don't. That sometimes makes me nervous because if you let the kids know and they're just having a bad day, it's pretty easy to make 225 look like 405, you know? Um, so how you can actually break it down and look at things that way, I think is pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, there's, um, I think in the States you use vertical jump, like mm-hmm. actual vertical jump performance and and it's been shown that it's not really sensitive to fatigue states. Uh, there's a fantastic papers by Rob. Uh, Rob uh, I think he's from Canada uh, I had an interview with him on a complementary training and there's a link so for, for the article So what he did is he did a First study he did his reliability of certain metrics. So once he showed that certain metrics are reliable uh, Then he proceed in in tiring up the athlete. So he measured certain metrics and then he did like crazy workload, like 100 depth jumps or something like that. And then oh, the, the next, the next something like that. Yeah. So the next day he he estimated uh, those metrics again to see which one is gonna drop. And vertical jump actually wasn't really sensitive. So the athletes will still reach certain height. But what did change is the the way they perform the jump. So the kinematics and kinetics changed. But for, for that, you need to have, like, a force platform. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it might be a, a major pain in the ass to test the athletes, uh, you know, a few times a week. So, um, but it's much better than a vertical jump. Yeah. And, and, and as you said, people, here's the thing that people don't even consider. Um, so imagine you're my athlete. And today I test you. And I see that, the, you know, there's a drop. And there's probably, according to a model, there's a risk of you getting injured. Should I tell you that? So if I tell you you're going to get injured, there's a likelihood of you getting injured in the next seven days. Man, I just planted a worm in your head.
0: Yeah, it's inception.
1: Yeah, and then then you might actually, you know, uh, there's a saying, I think, in the States.
0: Uh, Well, basically, though, what you're saying is, like, whether you think you can or you can't, you're probably right. So if you're telling somebody, hey, man, because you just did X, your relationship to have Y happen has gone up Z percent. All of a sudden, now little Johnny's pissing down his leg because he thinks he's going to blow his knee out. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Or 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 he has a or he has a, um, I would say a joker in the hand. We say like we had a joker uh, for a bad performance inside the game. So he has a shitty game performance. He's going to say, yeah, but but you told me you're going to get injured. Or you told me I dropped my, you know, power or something, so I couldn't play real well. So um, I, I do believe in, in radical transparency. Like I want stuff to be transparent for athletes and coaches. But I think I'm I'm, I'm becoming a little bit more Machia, Machiavellian in the last few years uh, because you, you you want to hide certain information from the athletes. You just don't want to show them everything.
0: Right, yeah, no, because it it can
1: backfire. It it can make things even worse. So,
0: oh yeah, and and listen, as soon as you give them an out, they're gonna take it.
1: Oh yeah, exactly. So you need to be smart to actually trick them a little bit. You need to be a snake. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, you do need to be a snake. You know, you 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 cannot be like radically transparent and just naive.
0: No.
1: So. we had one discussion to have this semaphore lights uh where we we as a as a as a group of coaches and and med- medical staff we decide who's you know red green yellow so red is you know at risk yellow is you know probably need some modification or training and green is good so we you know few coaches said, like, we, we need to... Sh- I actually asked, should, are we going to show this to athletes? Is this going to be visible to athletes? And I said, yeah. I said, yeah, but imagine you come to a practice and then you see I'm red. What, why, why the hell am I red? What's going to happen? You just create, like, a inception, mm-hmm. <laughs> as you said, in the athlete's head. So sometimes you need to, you need to withhold the information. Oh, yeah. Uh, withhold the information with the aim of making things better not withhold information with the aim of making things worse if that makes sense
0: 100 percent. yeah dude i think that's that's fantastic because you can you just feed them what what's going to help them and don't feed them what's going to hinder them i think is is really important and a and i think this is absolutely a killer talk man i i can't thank you enough for spending the time with us today and Enjoy stoked well, we could bro. finally catch up bro this is awesome
1: yeah, thanks. thanks for inviting me, and um, glad i glad I finally finally synced, and yeah. we, we get this done.
0: Yeah, man. Well, appreciate it. This will be up real soon, brother. People are going to love it. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks a lot, Jay, yeah. and
0: uh, good luck with your work, man. Thanks, brother. You the same. And a huge thank you to Milad and Jovanovic for spending some time with us today and, and just sharing, man. Awesome stuff, killer stuff. Can't wait to see what his research brings to us. And, and, guys, you know, somebody who's literally been around the world and seen it from five different angles, sharing how different people work, you know, in sport around the world. Just priceless stuff. I can't thank Muladin enough for being so open and honest and candid and to sharing today. And as always, guys, if you did enjoy it, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. If you like this talk, guys, and you know somebody that it could benefit, please shoot them a DM with a link to it, email them a link to it, tweet it at him, Instagram post, tag them on it. We're just trying to get the best information we can find out there to all the great coaches. And as always, guys, thank you for everything that you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.